of your financial records today and we'll find solutions that work best for you. Ask about our exclusive fixed price agreement, one annual fee, unlimited phone calls and meetings. Parker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue, Sheridan. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Quick, name the first real estate company that comes to your mind. How about a bank? Car dealership. Do you think your company came to mind first? A customer might not need your product or service today, tomorrow, or even next week, but when they do, you want them to know who you are and what you have to offer before your competitor. Hi, this is Bob Grammons with Shared Media. Shared Media can help you create top of mind awareness through a variety of marketing strategies that includes coverage on up to nine radio stations, print ads in the country bounty that reach nearly 18,000 households in Sheridan and Johnson County via direct mail, or online with a variety of our digital products that include sheridanmedia.com, sheridanwyoming.com, email campaigns, geotargeting, and more. We are your top of mind marketing company. Let us go to work for you. Call Sheridan Media today or email sales at sheridanmedia.com. Sheridan Media is an employee-owned company. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Best of the Rest Steer Riding is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Now, the roads have been a little rough this winter. And no one knows this better than my guest this morning. We are joined by Wyoming Highway Patrol Lieutenant Eric Jorgensen. Good morning, LT. Morning, Floyd. How you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good. good. Uh, I've only been snowed in, I think, once, maybe twice this year. That's not bad at all. <laughs> That's, That's not bad. You're doing well. Right? Uh, believe it or not, that little car can actually do all right. It, it doesn't do very well on, like, the real slick surfaces. Yeah. But uh, if if she can find just a, a bit of traction, she does pretty good getting over, <laughs> getting over here. Now, before we get too far, I do want to uh, officially acknowledge a new addition to the Wyoming Highway Patrol. You have a new colonel. We do. We do have a new colonel. Um, he was sworn in on the 3rd, 
So just last week, he was sworn in. Um, his name's Tim Cameron. He comes to us from St. Mary's County, Maryland. So he was a four-term sheriff oh, wow. out in St. Mary's County, Maryland, and uh, found his way out here to Wyoming. So, yeah, he's he's started and jumped in. I think they swore him in one day, and the very next meeting that, or the very next day, they had a big staff meeting. So he invited <laughs> all the right into the fire. all the captains down and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna chat." So, yeah, he uh, he was jumped in with both feet and is starting well. Haven't had a chance to meet him yet, but uh, yeah, we do have a new colonel that. Just started with us, so we'll see what this what this new era brings for the Wyoming Highway Patrol. Now, when we look at command and control uh, throughout the region, uh, the state is separated into districts. Mm-hmm. Um, you your district is quite large, uh, and that district is commanded by a captain. Correct. correct. So, is the colonel kind of the administrative leadership or the direction leadership in Cheyenne? Correct. Yeah. So above above our captain within our district, then we break down and we have two different majors. So we have a major that's over field operations. So he would be the supervisor of all the field captains. And then we have another major that is over support services. So he's in charge of our dispatch, our um, fleet management guys, our safety and training folks. So that's the that's what that major does. Um, above them, we have a lieutenant colonel that's kind of just our operations administrator. Like an XO. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. Like an XO. And then we have the colonel, which is the administrator. He's he's the figurehead of the agency, um, and, and he is the, the buck stops here guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, if, if a decision has to be made and, and it goes up that high, he's the one that gets to make that decision. Um, so this is a, a, I mean, this is a major leadership position. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Yep. Now, uh, you also have a new mobile inspector. Yeah, so um, within the port of entry, and for some of those that don't understand, the port of entries fall underneath the umbrella of the Wyoming Highway Patrol. Um, They wear a little different uniform. They're not sworn positions, so they don't carry the same authority that the other troopers do, Um, but they carry a lot of um, federal authority. So they do a lot of the commercial inspections. That's obviously with the port of entry. They deal with a lot of commercial commerce um, coming in and out of the state of Wyoming. So what this new mobile inspector will do is um, he will be traveling around the whole district again. So he has a pretty big area as well as jumping over the mountain and helping out over in the um, Grable Basin Cody area too. And he will be setting up roadside inspections just periodically all over the place um, on top of still using the port, using that big pretty barn that we have up there. And he'll be doing inspections up there as well. But he just started, um, in fact, I think to yesterday was his first official day. Um, he had to do some stuff down in Cheyenne last week. His name's um, David Mortensen is is his name. And David's going to be out running around. And you'll see him on the side of the road in his black pajamas doing <laughs> truck inspections. <laughs> the black pajamas. I like that. Yeah. Well, how has, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, how has the season been out there this year? Man, I tell you what, so December was rough. December, we got a lot of snow. Um, the wind was kicking our butt for a while there, too. That was really what a lot of the closure was, is visibility. Um, yeah. We just You couldn't see, you, especially around the Piney Creek area. You really couldn't see anything. So that's why we had the interstate shut down between Sheridan and Buffalo so much in December was because of the wind. Um, we got, I mean, everybody got piled into snow. I know if you're driving around on back city streets right now, you're still bouncing on chunks of ice right oh, now all right. over the place in both Sheridan and Buffalo, right? So, um, yeah, they'd still hear from from those big storms that we had. Um, but right now, with 
probably the last two weeks, it hasn't been too bad. Um, the The roads have kind of cleared up a little bit, at least out on our big highways, and uh, people are able to get where they need to go here locally. Yeah. So not, not anything too horrible. A lot of action going on down in Rollins this morning. Oh, man. So I actually talked to the supervisor, so uh, my counterpart down in the Rollins area this morning. They're expecting 100-mile-an-hour winds down there this morning. Uh, well, throughout the day today, um, they've already gotten two inches of snow this morning and more is supposed to fall. Um, I-80, last I checked, was closed from Rock Springs to Cheyenne um, with probably it stretching over towards Evans- Evanston. So That yeah, is a big <clears throat> stretch of road. It's a big stretch of road, man. Big stretch of road. And again, if the wind didn't howl like it does down there on I-80, we'd probably be able to keep it open a little bit more. But when you can't see, and yeah. that's what is, that's what's, detrimental that's what causes our big pileups is that visibility issue and so when you can't see and you don't know what's 30 yards in front of you as you're driving down the road that causes problems and so that's what we want to try and prevent that section of road i used to drive at least two to three times a month and uh because i lived in cheyenne i lived in laramie i lived in rock springs and i would have to drive up to afton for drill okay and I'm one of those loyal like a dog folks. You know, everyone is saying, oh, you need to transfer to another unit. No, nah, I'm 1041st <laughs> through and through, baby. <laughs> so, no, that's not going to happen. But but we make that drive. And the longest it took us to get home, if I remember correctly, was just under, I, I want to say 15 hours. Wow. To go from Afton uh, to Cheyenne, where I had to yeah. drop uh, a fellow soldier off and then go back, then go to, back Laramie. to Laramie. Oh, it was rough. We were stopped constantly. Mm-hmm. This was like a slush issue. I mean, hmm. it was just terrible. You know, 10 miles an hour in some spots and stopping Man. for an hour, hour and a half in others. And, you know, talking about our area up here, when it comes to that Piney Creek area, it's the geographical makeup that just causes that wind to blow through. Oh, man. Yeah. it moves. So it moves right through, right around the county line area. So if you're looking between... Um, Upper Prairie Dog Road and the Piney Creek exit. That stretch right through there, how the wind moves through that cut right there as you come up over the top, um, it, it can cause some horrible visibility issues and a lot of drifting. And it just it's a it's a difficult area for our plow guys to keep up with. They're struggling all the time to try and keep drifts out of there. I mean, even we haven't had a good heavy snow in almost a month i would say maybe not quite that long but close to and uh there you can still see remnants of the drifting from that um right there around the county line so i mean it's it it's a difficult area to try and keep up with i've tried to get brave once or twice and uh trevor has said look you might do just (laughs) fine on the (laughs) buffalo side you might do just fine on the sheridan side but he's told me you you are not getting past Piney Creek. Buddy. No, <laughs> you know. No. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, do the show in place. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> those are the so shows true. I do for my kitchen. Yeah. Now, um, we've seen a lot of truck rollers. I just got back from a, a major trip back to Minnesota, mm-hmm. and uh, I counted four big 
I guess blowovers. They're not even really rollovers. They're blowovers. They're okay. Major semi trucks. Mm-hmm. Have we seen a lot of those this year up in our region? Um, not too bad up here. Um, most everything that we've dealt with up here so far this year, this this winter season, has been um, trucks sliding off the road, um, losing control, sliding off the road, um, jackknifing or or tipping over. Um, we haven't seen much for blowovers. We really don't deal with blowovers too much in this area because of our um our we've got enough areas throughout this stretch of i-90 that break up the wind a little bit um and so it's not as bad our worst stretch would be between sheridan and buffalo um our prevailing winds are going to blow from the west to the east and so once you hit buffalo and you start heading towards gillette and sundance it's not as bad because they they're traveling with the wind or into the wind so you don't have that crosswind issue. Um, where we would have it is between Sheridan and Buffalo, and where we do see them is, again, around that county line area, yeah. is where we do deal with those blowovers um, when we have them. This winter hasn't been too bad. Um, and really, the the bad winds from the seven years I've lived here, when we really see our bad winds is in the spring. Oh, Springtime really? is when our winds get really, really bad. Um, and that's, that's kind of when I... When we're we're paying a little bit more attention to that, we've got that that colder air is moving out. We're bringing warmer warmer air in, and that's when our winds get really really rough. And that's when we start seeing those uh, signs on the amber alerts. Uh, yep, uh, it's very dangerous for an empty truck to be traveling. Oh man, time period. it's it's miserable. Oh, I could not imagine. I got a sister who's a a, a truck driver, and I worry about her all the time. And so, really, the issues that we deal with more are like ice oh yeah a good old just slick roads yeah yep and that's it it gets packed down tight especially if it's wet when that wet snow gets packed down tight it creates a block of ice and like we talked about earlier with driving through the back streets and the city streets right now um, and right now we've got this wonderful temperature that it's getting warm enough in the day that it's starting to melt and then it gets cold enough at night that it refreezes. And then it gets warm enough during the day that it starts to melt. And then it gets cold enough at night that it refreezes. And there's areas of town. I went over to a buddy's house um, this weekend. And, like, trying to back out of his driveway and leave his house, you got to put it in four-wheel drive just to oh, wow. get going. Because the back tires of pickup just sit there and spin because it's so slick. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just because of that that constant melt and freeze and melt and freeze and melt and freeze, which is really difficult to to deal with or to try and keep up with and, and control. So our guys on the, on the interstate and our two lane highways have done a really good job so far this year to, to help prevent that layering. Um, and they're able to get it trimmed down and, and cut down, uh, right away. And that's, that's been really good. Um, so they do have techniques to try and get through they that. They do kind of definitely. And we have different material that we can put on the ice. Um, and you'd have to ask Laura exactly the, the all of it, but there's man, <laughs> there's and there, there is chemistry, and they, uh, um, there's guys too that have been around for a long time that swear by, if it's this kind of snow, we're gonna use salt and sand. If it's this kind of snow and these temperatures, we're gonna use a liquid that we're gonna spray down on it, and it's gonna cut through more. And the mountain uses stuff that's a little different than what we use down here. It's oh wow, they, they have their little like secret recipes, man. They've, and they've they like actually got them. like a bit of a science. A behind. little bit, a little bit, yeah, for sure. Now I know I've asked you this in the past. Uh, is there like some sort of <clears throat> classes or instruction given to our troopers when it comes to driving on that slick surface because every once in a while you know when 
you're out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get an emergency call. You got to put your foot in it. Yeah. <clears throat> how how the heck do you guys manage to maneuver in that stuff while staying safe at the same time? So a lot of it is just experience. Um, we don't do a ton of uh, driver's training. It's more on-the-job stuff, so yeah. riding with other people um, when you're going through your FTO phase. Um, and it's learning to learning what the the limitations of your vehicle are um, because we push our vehicles to those limits all the time. And so it's just understanding what you can do and what you can't do. And uh, these, I tell you, these Dodge Chargers that we drive, these all-wheel drive Chargers, get around on the road really well. We have really good tires. I mean, those those tires are not cheap tires that we run on them. They're they're a high quality tire, good winter tread, a lot of siping, um, and so that helps a bunch. And it's just understanding the the surfaces and and when you can stay on one surface and you're not using your brake, you're not using your cruise. Um, when when you start to slide, you're not trying to. You're just steering, and you're not putting in any braking or, or accelerating input. And you're, I mean, it's just learning and understanding that. And then it's just shared from one troop down to the next, down to the next, down to the next. So 16 years of running around on these slick roads, a lot of experience doing it. I can pass that on to some of my newer guys and Absolutely. say, hey, these are these are those things that you need to do, and you can you can run a little quicker if you have to, um, but there is still a responsibility that every trooper has to um, driving their vehicle within the, their own limitations and driving so that they are being concerned with the safety of those that are around them as well. Because if we lose control that causes somebody else to lose control, we're not helping anybody else out. Yep. Or if we're responding to something to go help somebody out and we wreck, we no longer can help that person out. So and now you've created another issue. Exactly. So that's always in the back of your mind. Every trooper has it in the back of their mind that, that I have to get to where I have to get to as quickly but as safely as I can as well. And there's been times, too, though, where I've been on down on I-80 where I'm going 45 miles an hour to a crash, and 45 miles an hour seems stressful like crazy, and there's semis passing you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. There's There's definitely been times where I've been just – putting on the road because the roads are horrible have somebody pass me in five miles and late five miles wow. later down the road you find them in the ditch yep. you're like there was a reason i was going as slow as i was so this is why recklessness benefits no man exactly, exactly. all right when we when we come back we're going to continue with our wyoming highway patrol this is public pulse on 930 k 103.9 fm sheridan Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Best of the Rest Steer Riding is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment. Member FDIC. 
Once again, the Wild Theater brings Western movie matinees back to the big screen. Each Sunday at 2 p.m., the Wild Theater will feature a hand-picked classic Western film with a celebrity host. This Sunday, we have the world-famous horseman and Western movie expert, Buck Brannaman, introducing Red River, starring John Wayne, Montgomery Clift, and Walter Brennan. John Wayne plays Thomas Dunson, who leads a 10,000-cow cattle herd to its destination in Missouri. But his tyrannical behavior along the way causes a mutiny, led by his adopted son, played by Montgomery Cliff. Red River is a great adventure western considered as the very best among all westerns and undoubtedly is one of John Wayne's really great acting performances and sponsored by Jeff Ware and Carmel Timmons, Jim and Angie Navarro, The Neal Ranch, Letterbuck Car Wash, Christine Gimp Love Foundation, True Built Builders, Mickey and Kathy McNichol, Vacutech, Gene and Vicki Sterling, and John and Helen Isley Family Foundation. Remember when your mom used to say, don't break your arm, patting yourself on the back? Well, if you ignored her and broke your arm, then the Health Nut is the place for you to get all healthy again. Every inch of the Health Nut can make you feel better about yourself. The soup, sandwich, and deli bar, and smoothie so good you'll forget you even got a broke arm. Remember when your mom used to say you'd forget your head if it wasn't attached to your shoulders? Well, we can't fix that. But most everything else, at the Health Nut on Sheridan's 5th Street. At Prime Rate Motors, they recently had a customer that was adopting a child and needed a family car that would accommodate their existing family and the new toddler. Well, they were able to locate a minivan with low miles in prime rate condition, plus it was in the color the family wanted. They got a good trade-in and the van joined their family the same week as their new daughter. At Prime Rate Motors and Super Trailer Store, they like to think they are the solution to your car, truck, and trailer needs. Prime Rate Motors and Super Trailer Store, 2305 Coffeen Avenue in Sheridan. If you haven't signed up for the Sheridan Media Newsletter, you're missing out. Thousands of people have already signed up. You'll find some of the top news stories of the week community events sports weather updates from centennial theater and the wild theater discover fun facts local videos shared in history country bounty links and your favorite businesses it's delivered to your email box every thursday morning click on that shared in media newsletter button it's on the top of our website and sign up sharedinmedia.com Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning I'm speaking with Lieutenant Eric Jorgensen of the Wyoming Highway Patrol. It's been a tough season on the roads in the area, but there are other locations in the Cowboy State that have gotten it a lot worse this winter. Uh, now, in our own area, let's talk about Ranchester. Uh, first, remind us of the work that's being done out there. And I don't want to call too much attention to the guys because I know they're working hard. But what was the timeline on that originally? So, yeah, we, we have a new bridge going in in Ranchester. For those of you that aren't aware, which if you aren't aware, that means you haven't driven through Ranchester um, in a year. Um, but yeah, we're putting a new bridge in going in over the railroad tracks coming into Ranchester. And, uh, currently it's still down to a one lane, um, pass over the bridge with traffic control lights, stoplights on either end of that bridge. So they actually took a little hiatus because of the colder weather, um, and, and put the project on pause for a little bit. They should be coming back to it though here shortly. Um, I believe in the next week or two, they'll be kicking back, um, progress again on that bridge, trying to get their new supports up and then they have to put the deck down on. So they've got one lane that's finished 
and now they're working on the other side, but they had to demo the old bridge in order to start this other side of the bridge. So that's what's going on out there. Um, again, just reiterate to everybody, it's it's a pain. I get it. I understand. Um, but give yourself a little extra time coming yeah. into town. When you're going home, understand there's going to be a little bit more time going to the house um, when you're trying to go home. That is a that is a major artery going in and out of Ranchester-Dayton area. So um, we get it. We're, we're totally understanding, and we're hoping that this thing will be wrapped up by the start of this summer. So okay, that's so. kind of what I'm hearing. Um, I'm not. I don't know specific dates. Um, so if I was to give you one, it'd be made up. But yeah, I know sometime around the beginning of the summer they're hoping to have this puppy wrapped up. So during Dayton days, we can all still get out there when we. Yes, to. <laughs> I'm excited. Good. Good. Now, high school teams are also still traversing all over the state, and I'm here to tell you, you know, those bus drivers, wills of steel on some of those. Holy cow, I don't know how they do it. Man, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I even think back to when I was in high school um, traveling around, and we would go over this mountain pass because I graduated high school out of Grable, and uh, we'd go over this mountain pass, and I remember us having to stop at Shell Falls in the middle of the night because somebody had to go to the bathroom really bad. And you're just hanging out in the back of the bus, high school kid. Like, I'm not paying attention to the roads or anything like right. that. And so I was like, well, hey, they, I'm going to go to the bathroom too. So everybody's <laughs> starting to pile out. And there's like a foot of snow. Wow. And they've just been plowing right through, no care in the world, just slowly going down. And I'm like, you guys are amazing. I'll never forget that for as long as I live. And they're just – the road was open, so we're going to get the kids home. And uh, that's what they did back then, and, and they're still doing it today. And the the road conditions that those guys have to drive in, and they've got all those kids. And I tell you what, you go down and visit with those bus drivers that do the activity routes too, especially um, with so many sports going on right now. Um, and they love it, and they know in the back of their mind that, that the lives of every single one of those kids is in their hands as they're driving, and they take that extremely seriously, which – as a parent of a high school kid, that makes me feel really good. Yeah. Knowing that, that man, if my daughter's on that bus, those drivers definitely take their job very, very seriously. And, and my hat's off to them because, yeah, they, they definitely have to drive in some rough, rough conditions. Their mechanics, though, do a great job. You talk to those guys um, about what they're checking on for every little thing that may be wrong with that bus. They're trying to take care of it right away. So they do a good job. They do a really good job. And we really do appreciate every single one of you because it's not its not just the conditions. It's also the, the time of day. Yeah. I mean, my oh, yeah. goodness, uh, my daughter was managing the Buffalo High School football team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they weren't rolling in until one thirty, two o'clock in the dang morning. Yeah. I mean, those individuals, uh, they're doing great. And so, folks, when you're out there, you come across one of these buses, no matter where it's from, please be extremely cautious about this uh we've got uh two and a half to three months of winter left is that about right so oh man right yeah we've we've enjoyed crossed. this <laughs> we, it's supposed to be in the 40s again today it was beautiful this weekend we had some gorgeous temperatures this weekend and it puts you into that little false sense of security but yeah we're still very much in the dead middle of winter yeah. and there is snow still to come um, and some of our biggest snowstorms that we get are still March, April timeframes. So, I mean, we're, we're definitely not out of the weeds by any stretch. This is, this is the heart of it. It's kind of like that whole, we're in the eye of the storm right now, right? We've got this hurricane around us. We hit, we got the first half of it. We're kind of chill right now for a little bit. And the second half is a coming and, uh, 
And it won't be gentle, I have no doubt in my mind. <laughs> you know, like you said, sometimes it's that second half that's a little bit worse oh, than the man. first. So yep. make sure that you're being safe out there, folks. LT, I want to thank you for coming in today. Happy New Year to you, and you and your team be safe out there. We'll do, man. Happy New Year to you guys, too. All right, when we come back, we're going to speak with Uprising. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Shared. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Best of the Rest Steer Riding is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Ready for college? Drop by Sheridan College for walk-in Wednesdays in the Whitney Atrium this Wednesday, January 11th, or next Wednesday, January 18th, from 3 p.m. until 7 p.m. No appointment necessary. Register for classes, plan your education, and learn about financial aid options. Individual appointments are also available. Call 675-0500 to schedule yours today. Visit Sheridan.edu for more information. Register now. Classes begin January 23rd. Sheridan College, begin your journey. The owners and staff at Kane's Funeral Home would like to thank the families of Sheridan and Johnson Counties for choosing Kane's and allowing them to serve you during these hard times. Kane Funeral Home makes it their mission to take the stress and uncertainty out of ceremonial services. They own and operate the only crematory in Sheridan County, so your loved one is always in their care. Kane's Funeral Home. Call 673-5837 or visit them online at canefuneral.com. Are you or a loved one facing physical challenges and need to simplify your life, but you're not ready for assisted living? For roughly a third of the cost of assisted living, you can be living at Tumbleweed Terrace Apartments. These are one-level, fully furnished apartments close to the hospital. They feature wheelchair, scooter, or walker-accessible living, heated floors, heated bathrooms, completely designed for ADA safety amenities, including the shower. They're fully furnished, including a remote-controlled bed, lift chair, fully stocked kitchen with dishes, pots, and pans, and optional carport or heated garage are available. Snow removal and lawn care are included. These are short-term or long-term rentals, which include all utilities, cable, and Wi-Fi. Simplify for as long as you need to. Call Jane Clark, licensed real estate agent and co-owner today for your no-obligation tour and to get more information. Jane Clark, 751 55 76 751 55 76 wrap plumbing and heating can handle any job you have big or small from new construction to a pesky leaking toilet the professionals at wrap plumbing and heating are here to assist you drippy faucet sure new shower hardware no problem plumbing an entire new house for sure clogs that need snaked oh yeah wrap plumbing and heating has not met a job they can't handle too big a crap Call Dan Rapp at 429-1196. When you're in pain, it causes stress. Even minor pain is telling you something's not right, and early detection is the best path to relief. Make a call to Dr. Colin Hardy of Atlas Chiropractic. 
Not only can he alleviate your pain, but also reduce physical stress and boost and maintain proper immune system function. Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of the show this morning, we will be discussing issues pertaining to human trafficking, sexual assault, and child abuse. Listener discretion is advised. President Joe Biden has declared January as National Human Trafficking Prevention Month. It is a month to bring focus on an international issue to educate ourselves and to empower victims of this terrifying and destructive crime. Joining me this morning from Uprising is Natalie Perkins and Charlie Falkus. Good morning and welcome to the show. Morning, happy Good to be morning. here. Now, uh, Charlie is a survivor of human trafficking and I, I want to thank you, Charlie, for coming on the show and, uh, and speaking on your experiences and your bravery and your candor. Yeah, uh, it's it's very appreciated and, and very brave of you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Natalie, we're going to start off by making folks aware of what Uprising is and what your mission is. Can oh. you tell us? Of course. Uh, we're a nonprofit organization based in Sheridan here. We serve all of Wyoming and beyond. Uh, we do human trafficking prevention. So that looks like education, awareness, and outreach. What got you involved? Um, me was an AmeriCorps position. Uh, I recently worked with uh, kids in residential treatment, and I saw one of the presentations they came in for the children and they self-identified and I saw the benefit that it would have had if they had identified earlier some of these traumatic experiences and got help so I'm in prevention and interested in that now uh, do you go out and speak with individuals or do you just work specifically with uh, those children um, personally I am now the prevention education coordinator so we do a two-generation model which is youth and care- parents and caregivers so we talk to schools after-school programs, parents, and professionals working with youth. Because a lot of this, I mean, it's it's so much about awareness, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. uh, these traffickers manipulate. They they coerce. They uh, they train uh, kids for this, don't they? Oh, absolutely. And it's a very honestly an easy process, especially when you have vulnerable youth, which honestly all of them are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Terry has shared some information with me in regards to, you know, the techniques that they use. And it's absolutely terrifying. Uh, thinking back on, you know, because I was a troubled youth for years and I, trying to find that individual who you feel safe around, mm-hmm. you know, may not actually be the safest choice. Absolutely. Uh, but it's very difficult for children to try and figure that out. How is Uprising promoting awareness during National Human Trafficking Prevention Month? Okay. Well, several things. We're doing a couple fundraisers. Um, we're doing Black Tooth Bingo. We're doing Thankful Thursday in Casper. And we're also doing um, burpees for benefits. With Burp- this- <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Tell me about that. 
Um, all, the gyms across the state were participating, and you count your burpees for the day. And we have individual pledge forms. We have gym pledge forms. And really, uh, we're trying to reach a goal and raise some money in the process. Ooh, doing burpees for the kids. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's, that's a, a long day, you know, because yeah. you want to get that one more, two more oh, in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's a wonderful challenge. We really enjoy those activities with CrossFit. A great reason yeah. to really push it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, Charlie, what brought you to Uprising? How did you find Uprising? Um, so Natalie and I are actually um, partners in a romantic relationship. Oh, okay. And I had no clue what trafficking was before she started working with Uprising. Um, I really didn't have a good understanding of the term. And as she was onboarding with Uprising, you know, she was coming home and telling me all these facts that she had learned. And one day I kind of had to take a step back and say, oh, my goodness, like that sounds a lot like my own story. Um, And so it wasn't even until I was exposed to Uprising that I had self-identified as a as a survivor of human trafficking. Um, so that kind of sparked a new passion within me because if I didn't know, then, you know, how, how does anyone else know what trafficking looks like? Yeah. So that was really the push for me to start working with uprising. Are you willing to share your experiences? Yeah. What, what happened? Yeah. So, um, I am a survivor of what we call DMST or domestic minor sex trafficking. Um, So that in the United States is anyone under the age of 18 who is being pushed into commercial sex. Um, So I've got that label. Um, I also fall under the category of a uh, gang trafficking uh, victim or survivor um, because my initial exploitation did happen through a motorcycle gang. Um, And I also fall under the umbrella of um, intimate partner um, trafficking and um, online exploitation. Yeah. Do you remember how it all started? I mean, how they disguised it? Right. So a lot of it, um, because my exploiters were my caregivers, um, a lot of it was uh, either fear-based. You need to do this or else we're not going to have these provisions. You need to do this or else it's going to put the family in danger. Um, the grooming process might be something that you're familiar with An exploiter will come up and um, there's several different stages where they work to isolate an individual. They work to build trust with that individual and they provide basic needs. Um, so it's very easy for someone who you're living with to understand what your basic needs are and how to exploit those vulnerabilities. And that is where they start, right? And, um, and then from there, mm-hmm. we develop this trust and, and, and almost like a love relationship in some cases. Right. Uh, you know, like parental, mm-hmm. guardian. And then they put that on you where it's you now, now you got to pay for it. Right. Um, how were you manipulated into this cycle of abuse. Do you, do you remember, like you said that they coerced you through provisions. Mm-hmm. Did they deny you like essential care, food, water? So I wouldn't say that they flat out denied it. Um, however, you know, being a young person, I lived in a, with, with a single parent who was not working. And so some of that coercion looked like, well, if you want your you and your younger brother to be able to have meals this week, this is something that we need to do. This is the only way we're going to be able to afford it. 
So they made it seem like it was a team effort. Right. Like, we've got to do this mm-hmm. all together now. Yes. And and so, like, it was your responsibility as a child to do this. Absolutely. Wow. How was this hidden? How, how, did, how did the traffickers hide this? So a lot of it was... Um, a lot of threats. Um, you know, we can't tell other people about this. Um, as a younger child, they told me that if I did say anything, either people wouldn't understand or they wouldn't believe me. Um, therefore my efforts would be fruitless. Um, part of it came down to, um, that isolation tactic that I had mentioned, um, being very cautious about who I was allowed to be around, how long I was allowed to be around people that weren't in their inner circles. Um, it even got so bad. One point my parent withdrew me from, a a certain class that I was in middle school in because they weren't familiar with the teacher and they understood that the teacher was, um, of a certain, uh, religious, uh, culture. And so that led them to the thought and understanding that this person would be, uh, their biggest threat in kind of outing the situation. Wow. So they, they saw anyone who could possibly threaten their manipulation over top of you. They simply removed from your life. Uh, yep, that's correct. How long did that go on? Um, overall, my my childhood abuse um, was about four and a half years long. And then as an adult, I fell back into that same cycle. We know that oftentimes trafficking survivors um, will relapse into what we call the life. Um, and really what it comes down to is falling back on those survival skills that we know and understand and grew up with. Yeah. Um, so as an adult, I was easily exploited again. And this was with the gang? That was with um, my former spouse. Okay. So the the gang trafficking happened um, as a minor. Um, it's a very... Uh, Long story, but the the shortened version of it is my exploiter owed a lot of money to the gang. Um, they, when they first got involved with this motorcycle gang, um, were, I guess their their duty or whatever was to um, sell drugs for the gang and push drugs. And instead of selling them, they ended up using them themselves. So they owed quite a large amount of money uh, to the supplier, and so. Um, to kind of pay back that debt, they um, brought me into the clubhouse and let the uh, various gang members um, sexually exploit me. Wow. Wow. Were drugs ever part of their manipulation over you? As in, they supplied you with drugs. They got you addicted to this on purpose and then became your only source of this addiction. Um, so that is... Not a story that's uncommon in the survivor community. That doesn't happen to be my story. Um, but it, like I said, it is very common. And then their own motivations for making money was for their drug dependence. Yeah. I've spoken with uh, a victim, uh, and that is how they controlled her mm-hmm. uh, heroin. They mm-hmm. got her addicted, kept her addicted anytime anyone tried to get involved to, hey, let's get you in a treatment center, let's get you into a home, uh, they made sure that she just vanished, mm-hmm. vanished overnight, uh, off social media, off of everything. And this abuse 
continued uh, for close to a decade. And, and it was because of that addiction. You know, even when someone found her and said, we're here to help you, she shook her head and said, I'm doing what I want to do. But that was the addiction talking. Once, once we actually got her off and spoke with her again, that was the addiction. Natalie? Uh, that can be such a challenge to leave that situation because a relapse can, you, often is a double relapse. So oftentimes when people return to drugs, they also return to life because that's how they get their drugs. So um, much harder success to get out of that life. How often do you, are you guys seeing that at Uprising, hearing that story? Oh, so we're just starting to hear a lot of survivors come forward with their story. Um, we personally have heard probably only a handful of that type of um, that type of trafficking. We hear a lot of familial trafficking. Um, and honestly, from what we know from statistics and from out of Colorado, our partner agencies, um, the drug use is just so easy to get people hooked on mm -hmm. and so easy to wait, easy to take away those boundaries you might have to selling sex. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It drops those walls in your mind and, and in your conscience. Now, Charlie, were you, were you moved around a lot or was this pretty much kind of like, uh, we were at this location and this is how it happened. Uh, or, or did they move you? Yeah. So I love that question. Um, the word trafficking, um, it, it comes out of the word traffic, right? Like it sounds like movement. And there certainly are a lot of cases in which people are moved around. Um, uh, active victims will form what we call circuits, just going town to town, um, selling sex wherever they can get dates. Um, mine, my story, however, is mostly based out of my own home. Um, there, there were times, um, where in initially in my exploitation where, um, I would be exploited not out of my home, but out of the motorcycle clubhouse. Yeah. Um, but as a teenager, it was all done out, out of the place where I lived and, you know, tried to thrive. So I think that added an extra layer of, um, fear of the world, right? Because if I'm, if I'm not even safe in the very place that I am supposed to be safe, um, the, the one place that is supposed to be a safe haven and a refuge for many people, um, then how can I trust anyone or anything else? Absolutely. Absolutely. And now, how how did your abusers avoid law enforcement for so long? Um, you know, I, I can understand absolutely how someone lording all this power over you can say, don't talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. Don't you, you know, don't you dare. They're going to judge you, not me. Right. You're the one that's going to be in trouble. How did they avoid law enforcement other than that? Did the, did the gang protect them? So... I would say what's true of my exploiters and many others is that uh, these folks are very good at manipulation, right? I, as a, as an adolescent, um, there was a CPS or DFS case um, load that was a mile long um, for, for my own and my brother's reports. Um, we had school uh faculty trying to intervene and every time these officials would come out to the house for an interview or to um, do a welfare check or whatever uh, 
my my exploiters would be able to explain everything away. So they're not only manipulating the person that they're targeting, but they're manipulating the people in the community around those those people as well. They know the boxes that need checked. They do. Absolutely. And and, and once you know that system, here's what I've got to follow. And Mm -hmm. as long as I meet that and they don't say anything, I'm in the clear. Mm -hmm. How did you get out, Charlie? Um, Eventually, I just left home. Um, At 16, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I moved out of my um, parents' house and I moved in with with an uh, adult uh, partner. Since coming to this realization, you know, because that is, uh, that's an epiphany and it's a powerful one. What has happened in your life since then? Oh my goodness. Um, There's so much. I've been able to, you know, find a new tribe. I've been able to really figure out what, what um, brings me purpose and meaning, Um, you know, and then just championing championing around other survivors or victims who are still in the life and just trying to give uh, a sense of hope that there is more out there. Um, You know, obviously I've had to deal with a lot of my own uh, struggles. I've spent probably 10 plus years in therapy um, and seeking other professional help. Um, But I would say all in all, uh, this, this experience has really taken, um, my perspective and I've been able to shift the way that I look at life now. Absolutely. Um, and I'm so happy to hear that. And you're smiling. Uh, you know, I can see the joy in you and Mm -hmm. that, that is something that I, to see that fire, you know, that determination, that survivor within Mm -hmm. you is great to see. Now... Overcoming that trauma, breaking these cycles, so tough to do. Again, I want to thank you for your bravery and your candor. Natalie, where can I go to learn more? Well, there's always our website, uprisingyo.org. Honestly, if you search human trafficking, tomorrow is Wear Blue Day, so it's a national campaign. Um, Wear Blue, post on social media. We're trying to spread awareness as much as possible and really just change people's understanding. So if you can change your own level of awareness, you're going to affect the people around you. I only have probably about a minute and a half left. Charlie, what would you tell a victim who is struggling right now? I would tell them, um, you know, there there is hope even in the spots that feel and seem hopeless. Uh, there are so many individuals who want to see these folks living their best lives and really just to not give up. Um, I think oftentimes that's how survivors and victims end up succumbing to the worst of their injuries, um, both psychological and physical, is just losing that willpower. And um, so really just remembering that there are people who do care and want to help and who will believe our stories. Hopelessness is one of the tools that they use, isn't it? Absolutely. Charlie, Natalie, thank you both so much for coming in today. Thank you for your bravery to step forward and tell your story. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan.
First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize this week's winner of $1,000 and a marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Best of the Rest Steer Riding is receiving these funds per random drawing. Could your organization be next? We're giving $1,000 to a qualified nonprofit organization every week. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment, member FDIC. Happy New Year. Hi, this is Jill Bates with the Best Real Estate Team. I love what I do, getting to help my agents and so many awesome clients with all their real estate needs. 2023 is going to be a great year, and we are committed to making it great with you. It's a choice, so it might as well be great. If you're looking to work with a team that has positive energy, strong work ethic, very knowledgeable, and has you as the client as our number one priority, the Best Team is the only team to work with for all your real estate needs. Call 675-BEST or find us online at bestwy.net. Make it a great day. Wyoming Corporate Office is the trusted business choice behind thousands of businesses. Whether it's business formation, payroll, corporate paperwork, mail scanning service, or small business phone service, Wyoming Corporate Office powers over 100,000 businesses worldwide and locally. This makes Wyoming Corporate Office the state's largest business-to-business service provider located right here in Sheridan, Wyoming. If you're drowning in corporate paperwork looking for someone with an unmatched experience that cares and wants to be your partner in making your business successful, trust that Wyoming Corporate Office can help you focus on what makes your business tick. Learn more today by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com. I'm with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. Listen, I know you like to be stylish, but the neon colors from the 90s are just not in anymore. It's time to upgrade your snowmobile gear. Okay, you going to hook me up? Of course. We have monosuits, bibs, coats, beanies, base layers, goggles, helmets, and it's all 25% off. Wow, what a deal. And not only that, but all manufacturer accessories are 10% off. So if you've been wanting to make your side-by-side street legal or add to it, now's the time. Shop the great deals today at Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Do you need to batten down your hatches, but your hatches no longer batten, which leaves you with battenless hatches? It's no good, mate. It's time to rid yourself of your home before the weather comes over the horizon and batters your home further beyond repair. You need Devon at Wire Renovation, love. He'll come out, take a look, and make you an offer. Usually cash. I prefer gold or rum. Find out more at wirerenovation.com. Or on Facebook. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. KROE, Sheridan, broadcasting from the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio. K-O-E.